Dr. Dorman is up next with the Geographic Information System uh, and Planning Department. And this is a very interesting conversation looking at the mapping of um, of, of COVID-19 through uh, digital technology. Good evening to you, Doctor, and thank you for joining us. Uh, good evening, Gaswell, and good evening to the viewers. Doctor, thanks for your patience as well. I just wanted to wrap up that uh, last interview and thanks for your patience thus far. What I just wanted to ask you is, okay, so we're looking at mapping technology, helping COVID-19, in, uh, helping stop COVID-19 in its tracks in South Africa, one hotspot at a time. How is this technology? What is this technology? How does it work? And, and obviously we know what it's being used for, but the key question is, how does it actually work? Uh, thanks very much uh, for that question. Uh, what is this technology? I think GIS is quite well known. It's an information management system mm-hmm. that has the uh, capability of placing location, what we call the way of things at the center of decision making. Now, one could look at GIS as comprising a couple of pieces, and I think I would probably just put uh, the, the pieces as follows. There's a third part which we often see and hear, the geomapping. Mm-hmm. Geomapping is simply being able to capture data use, using the locational attribute, which in most cases is our GPS coordinates. The second part of our GIS is now its capability for good data storage and integration, integrating data sources from multiple places, but around that location. And then the third piece, is now our geoanalytics, where we now start making predictive modeling and all the analysis around location and what is happening within that location. That, that package now helps us particularly when we come to the public health space, COVID especially, mm. uh, where now, when we look at hotspots as an example, it's about using the various species of information and that integrated platform and predicting in a locational best way and helping foot soldiers that are going out daily in terms of where should they be going, what kind of strategies should they be going with as they see the spread changing in a certain pattern or in a certain way. So, so in a so, nutshell, that um, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm listening. So in a natural uh, gospel, this is what the GIS part is, and it talks briefly to how we're actually using other technology on the ground. So what I find interesting, I mean, in my head, and Doctor, you'll tell me if it's uh, because I've watched too many movies, what I'm imagining in my head is sort of this map that that shows a red spot, and that's where that red spot is going to expand to. Um, is is that in essence, in my mind, the, the type of information that no that then indicates that you need to be focusing your attention, your preventative measures, and everything else. Uh, people who would need treatment and so on and so forth. Say, for example, in that portion of Santon, and that it would spread uh, to. Uh, blocks from there within a day and then three blocks further uh, by day two. Is that the type of technology that we're looking at to be able to inform uh, those, medic- those, those particular pre- uh, preventative measures? Correct, correct. It, it is a, a, about focus, a key word that we actually raised there. And, and it's about planning forward as well as reviewing backwards what has actually happened. And, and, and I think what we are seeing is GIS being placed, one, in a real-time context, 
and secondly, in an online context. Now, when you have such kind of capability available to decision makers, not at a very high level, but at a very low level, someone who's guiding a team of 10 uh, field workers or our healthcare workers that are doing screening, when that information is right before them, and it's only yesterday or this morning's information, it changes the way they, de- they make decisions in a very rapid way compared to, say, getting updates uh, a couple of days down the line. So what I just wanted to find out from you, and, and this is, uh, I guess, the first concern that would, I mean, it sounds like wonderful techni- uh, technology that obviously provides the necessary information for government to act, which in itself is not problematic. But I think that there would be a lot of people who then in turn would also be concerned because ultimately right now we need government to be able to access and to be able to map and to be able to track through, say, cellular co- technology, through um uh, you know, digital technology and understand what is happening in which particular region so that it can uh, respond appropriately. But one of the key concerns that has cropped up in a couple of conversations that I've been privy to, whether it be here or in other places, is the fact that we should also be careful because these types of technology can in turn be used against us in future, um, you know, scuppering our privacy, uh, being able to locate and, and, and search for people. How do we guarantee um, against those particular uh, abuses? Uh, you, you, you're quite right. I, I think uh, every technology sometimes can have, can have its pros and its cons. And I think when, when, when somebody's location is known, I mean, you can imagine, especially this time, uh, this time of COVID, we still are battling with stigma issues as well. So yeah. that's it, uh, it's understandable. But again, I think this is done with the privacy of the patient at the center. So it is treated in a way whereby, number one, that's why you often find that some of the maps that are plotted out there they do not necessarily show the, 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 the point where the actual case is happening. We deliberately can scatter points mm. with exactly security in mind. So the visuals can go out uh, in a very abstracted way. A good example, instead of talking of someone's residence, we can abstract that to a block, or we can even talk, take it up even to a ward or to an enumerator area. Then the stats will come out in a way where, of course, we show the abstracted view of where the challenge is. But in terms of the actual clinicians on the ground, obviously they would want to know the details for them. To be <laughs> That's what I'm concerned with, because ultimately, um, who does the actual detailed information go to? Because it's great on the news bulletin or on our website, you see that it's the generalized area but someone somewhere knows that it's this specific address. The question, I guess, that worries people or would be of some concern, at least we need to understand and know this, is who has access to the actual street address, if not GPS coordinates. It is basically the people who are making decisions around the, the mm. actual implementation, yes. And, and in this case, you can, you can picture a scenario where a team is being dispatched out to actually go and trace contacts, as an example. Yeah. There's already information that has been collected around contacts. That would guide them in terms of the way they go out. Uh, but I, 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 I hear you. The security of individuals is very fundamental. And that is always taken care of 
at the lowest level to ensure that we make sure that the privacy of our, our communities and our people is safeguarded. Ultimately, is there an app that I need to download or is this something that can be simply initiated uh, just through me having a, a, a cell phone connection, um, you know, without me having to have a particular type of phone or whatever the case is? How, how is this uh, technology accessible? Very quickly, in under a minute, please, Doc. All right. In, in terms of the actual COVID-19, all this technology is actually uh, embedded in a very secure platform where those who actually have the app deployed on their phone, they're actually able to capture and sync data back into a very secure platform where information is made sure, it is actually uh, uh, integrated in a way that obviously informs our decision-making. 100%. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. It's a pity that we didn't have more time. We added a couple of uh, gremlins in the beginning, um, and that's what sort of uh, delayed us in terms of our interviews this evening. But all the best to you, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, and have a good evening. You too. Thank you.